Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm going to keep it low-key because some of you may be watching us right now recovering from a hangover New Year's Eve celebration. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Geek Buddies. Hey! Nice and low key. Nice and low key. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us uh, here on this New Year's Day, or maybe you're joining us throughout the weekend at some point watching this episode. Really appreciate it. It is a pre produced episode, it's not live because we want to celebrate our holidays as well. Uh, But uh, as you can see, Michael Vogel is not joining us today. He has a prior commitment. It could not come on to the show. And uh, thankfully, our guest, our honorary fourth geek buddy, Mike Kalinowski was able to come on. Uh, Mikey, Christmas. Yeah, what buddy. do you do after Christmas? Like it's New Year's. Are you are you kind of Mikey buddy? half New Year's or do you? No, nah, buddy. I, I let it go the whole week. This is oh good. Head festive. I got all the trees up. I'm still watching my movies. I'm still baking. Yeah, yeah. And this year I'll probably spend it a couple weeks into the new year. Yeah, uh, I yeah. feel like we should so, take the whole of January. Yeah. Don't you? Can you officially <laughs> designate all of January as Christmas? Mikey, <laughs> why not? Like, yeah, it feels like we're here last year right now. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and quick side note, uh, Mikey Christmas's Christmas cookies are amazing. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, that's right. you got them some, yeah. Oh, uh, my gosh. They're yeah, fantastic. Boy, boy. I, I hear they don't travel all the way down to San Diego. No, no. If I, if I was living in L.A., I would have absolutely made a special trip to get a bag of those. That's for, They looked fantastic. Yeah, they're good. They're good. good. You and Shannon Cook did a great did a good job this year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I'm uh, just to introduce you guys real quick for those who maybe new. I'm one of your hosts here. I'm the Outlaw John Roca, Mariah producer and host here on the Outlaw Nation channel. Joined as always by my man in the middle there. Yes, this is Shannon McClung. I'm an actor and an animation television writer where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Teen Wolf, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And our special guest, as I said, Mike, you want to give him a quick rundown of who you are? Yeah, I'm an actor, host, uh, been a part of DC Movie News. I'm on the SCN Network uh, with a show over there, Mandalorian a Review Show. We're going into a new show called The Sith Council, coming in yeah. the new year. Uh, you can catch me on TV and some little TV shows out here and there, wherever, everywhere. 
that's what I am. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, we're very lucky to have Mike on today because it's going to be a very DC-heavy show. A lot of yeah. DC news broke this week, so we cover some yeah. of the talk. Talk a little lethal weapon, and uh, we'll get into our main topic, which is all the stuff surrounding Wonder Woman 84, the fast tracking and what we're going to see, what we expect to see, all of that after we come after uh, the film has been released now on HBO Max and in theaters, box office, all that. Just going to cover all of the things that have happened around Wonder Woman 84 as we jump into 2021. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, uh, this is what we do. Each of us takes a geek news item. We talk about it for a little bit, then we take a mini break and jump into that main topic. And for those of you who are not new, thank you so much for staying on the geek buddies train we appreciate it uh all right let's jump into our first topic shannon i think you've got this one yes so we actually had a gigantic interview with dc films president walter hamada that was in the new york times we can actually go over to darkhorizons.com they have a nice sort of uh, uh concise rundown of that big interview but he goes through it's all about talking managing movie superheroes is about to get a lot more complicated he gives a big, big interview about how the plan right now is for DC Films to get out six films annually, two kind of headed to HBO Max, four theatrical. You know, Walter Mata came on uh, around 2018 as the DC DC Films president. Uh, DC Films in general have had kind of a rough road, kind of like they've had some ups, they've had some downs. And with Walter Mata at the helm, their last few movies have been pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Quality-wise, you know, the three of us do disagree, but you can't argue the results in terms of box office. Yeah. Like these are starting to these are starting to make some money. And basically, Walter Mata has a very ambitious plan to try to rival Marvel. Like they want to really lean into this content. They want to find the right filmmakers. And also they want to focus on spin-offs. Like he actually mm-hmm. says in the interview. What is the HBO Max spinoff potential? As you know, they you know they've green uh, greenlit a Peacemaker series that's going to be a spinoff of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And at one point, like I believe that the Gotham Central television series is still happening. I know Terrence yeah. Winter had exited it, but the but the plan is still to to go ahead with that series. But as a DC fan, I'm super excited to see this enormous amount of content coming our way. But also as a DC Films fan, I'm curious as as to how consistently the content is going to is going to turn out. But yeah. gentlemen, I will turn it over to you. What do you think about DC's ambitious plan? Yeah, Kalinowski, take this one. I mean, I, this is uh, to yeah. start off here. I mean, this is six movies. This is they're biting off a lot. It's a very bold yeah. move strategically. What is your feeling about this uh, as uh, you look at what Hamada said? Uh, the, the the crew over at DC Movie News, we did a kind of impromptu Wonder Woman review special. We t- mm. touched on this, and I started off by saying, you know what? I have no idea what to think of this. Because <laughs> as someone over the past three years, four years, has been proven wrong on everything he said about DC, you know, I thought well, I thought Birds of Prey would make a billion dollars. I thought Affleck was never coming back to Batman. I said their Snyder Cut will never see the light of day for at least 20 years. Oh. I prove, I've proven myself wrong. Many times <laughs> as a fan of DC. So with this, uh, I, I think what they say, they want four theatrically and two streaming of yeah. the six. I think that's great. I think they're still pumping the whole uh, theatrical angle. And we'll talk a little bit about Wonder Woman later about the theatrically stuff. So I'm excited about that because when WB did their announcing slate uh, with last couple weeks ago, that really was like, that sucked. I, I hated that. Um, mm. the, that was my gut reaction. Um you know, but I think it, it lends itself to it. I mean, the one thing that's weird is they're saying like 
uh, Batgirl and Static Shock are going to be max projects. Mm. And, and they're say, they, they say riskier with that. And that, that set a lot of fans ire off. You yeah, know? Like, me too. Why is that? And I, I, it's a tough line as a white guy to toe that white male to go, hmm, right, you know, because I see uh, the, there's a huge, we, and we talked about this, John, I think you mean hmm. Vogel uh, months ago with, with yep. the sex shock and the milestone and all that. Um, is a huge audience for this. Yes, there uh, is huge audience. I was a fan of the Static Shock cartoon because mm-hmm. it came right around the time of Batman Beyond. So I loved the cartoon. I wasn't a fan so much of the Milestone series of comics. Yeah, uh, but I was excited for the revamp of that that's going to be coming in 2021, where mm-hmm. I can discover them. News of Fan Vogel was a big fan of them, and right. now uh, so I think it was interesting. Hamada uh, also being a, a, a man of color to use that term risky, and I, I don't know what he meant by that. I don't know if he mm-hmm. thought it was like, well, it's a a, a African-American character. It's a female character with Batgirl. These are riskier right. properties. I don't know. I, I don't think they're risky. I think if they're done right, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, People could look at that as risky, but look what it did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that. Um, but I think like, like, like Chance said, Peacemaker, that's a great HBO Max. You got yeah. Suicide Squad, a spinoff Peacemaker. If you like the character, you're going to see more of them on TV. It's kind of like what Marvel's doing with kind of some of their um, – their mm-hmm. shows you if you like the character we're going to do a tv show but they are introducing new characters that we haven't seen on the big screen yeah uh it'll be interesting it'll be very interesting i think there's so many characters that work for hbo max like the question mm-hmm. stuff like that would be a great hbo yeah, max show great you could push the envelope of being r-rated if you wanted to and the films could be a little more centralized mm-hmm. my, that's my two that's my three cents there a little okay no, uh, I think you make some great points here, Mike. This idea if we don't know what to expect, we don't know what they're going to do. Shannon, you bring up the fact of the some of the, the track record of DC. You could argue hasn't always knocked it out of the park. Financially, for the most part, uh, individually over the last few years, they've done well financially with their movies and people have had uh, people have loved them and people have had some issues with them uh but that's i think that's for anything but they look at star wars for god's sake same yeah. kind of thing so you look at the situation like okay well hamada is making a very bold decision here this yeah. is what they're going to do they're leaning into the hbo max thing disney said they were doing the same thing bob chapek said we got to focus on disney plus they had this massive announcement now what i think hamada is trying to do is retake the narrative back from what you mentioned kalinowski the negativity from a couple of weeks ago that announcement that blinds Sided a lot of creative creatives blindsided legendary according to them what, john uh, yeah what he did with that he took the twisted tea can and knocked it upside the filmmakers heads that's what they did <laughs> we're distributing it you take it as we see fit. yeah basically that that's, that's the thing that's unsettling is but i think he's, he's trying to take back the narrative and kind of guide this thing and to be fair to him mike he didn't use the word risky it was the writer who used the word risky so okay, brooks okay. barnes the new york times writer brooks barnes maybe you should take a look at these a little bit a little bit more deeply before you call anything risky especially batgirl who's been around for decades in yeah. uh, dc so the writer uh, that said it was risky not, was the writer. not hamada. looking at no 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 we're looking at the new york times the way it was quoted by some people it may seem that hamada was saying risky and he was not it was okay. the writer who said that and i don't think static shock is risky either i think there's a strong strong yeah, base I think that would for do him well. Yeah, exactly. You look at Black Panther, right? Black people came out in droves who have never yeah. seen an MCU movie to yep. support that. So I think the same thing would happen with Static Shock. My yeah, concern be the, here is, yeah, go ahead. What? It, no, it could be the first African American led DC film. I mean, yeah, if, absolutely. If they, and it would work well. Green Lantern is always kind of tied to different versions of the character. With Static Shock, yeah. is Static Shock, and I don't think it's risky at all. 
Right, but, right. Having Phil Lamar come back to be a part of it yeah. in some way, I think is exciting as well. Uh, Batgirl, of course, we saw that was with Joss Whedon. They used Joss Whedon to bring him in. Right. Gave him the Batgirl. He said couldn't crack the script, whatever that meant. Uh, and now you've got uh, new people being in charge of it. So to me, I think what this says is that they are just going to they're going to make this decision. They're going to go boldly forward, and then we'll see what happens. It's about getting creative people involved, getting these people involved. And I think the other thing that was interesting, uh, Kalinowski and Shannon, was – about the article it said that uh hamada took a look at this thing and he said i was surprised at how many people didn't have access to what we were going to be doing what we were going to be doing as a studio now that at&t has taken over and kind of made some changes whether you agree with them or not it's certainly about streamlining the approach so maybe as they go into this and they streamline the approach you'll get a little more of a cohesive situation, even though you're getting multiple Batmans, probably you're getting different timelines, different universes. They all, the article states that Pattinson will be on Earth 2 and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman will be in Earth 1. So what the fuck does that mean? So right. there's, there's all kinds of stuff that they're playing with here. And I, the track record isn't that great, so I'm a little cautiously optimistic, but I love the DC characters, so I'm excited and hoping they get it right. Sure. Yeah, everybody everybody wants wants Walter Hamada and his team to knock this out of the park. Yeah. Like everybody wants wants their great DC cinematic universe. And the fact that they are they're making the best of, of the situation that they're in and leaning yeah. into the multiverse is a smart that is a smart decision because it's like okay, this is this is how our Earth 1 is a little bit a little bit in shambles, so we're going to we're going to focus on some other things as we try to repair that. We're going to still to con we're going to continue to tell stories in this other universe that has not been affected by some of these creative decisions mm. that did not pan out that great. Right. Um, but like, how many movies like Walter Hamada did have something to do with Birds of Prey? Like that was a, that was under his stewardship, yeah. I believe, right? And I Birds of Prey. Not a bad movie. I mean, right. really not a bad movie. Um, I don't think it, it deserved the drubbing that it got. But mm. also, you know, it came out, its release date, you know, it, it happened with, with, with COVID. And so its box office was affected by that. Joker was a massive hit. Yep. And I think really gave them the confidence to be like, okay, if this Joker doesn't match up with everything, this gigantic story we're trying to tell over here, that's okay. And the yeah. fact that you they, they try to say we're going to have two Batman franchises. I don't think that's true. I think they're yeah. going to have two Batmen and that yes. you're going to have Pattinson and you're going to have the Affleck Keaton, which it sounds like still Keaton is going to take over sort of the Nick Fury type role and be in charge of wrangling these heroes for Earth One. Mm -hmm. um, these are all again, these are all ambitious plans. I think the thing that DC and hopefully Hamada will have learned from the past is if one thing doesn't turn out exactly the way you want. Don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like try right. try to fix it before you do like a, like a big reboot. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was talk, uh, my thing is in my kind of big point, and maybe mm -hmm. this kind of will show people a little bit that I'm not so much like oh everything comes out DC and it's all roses for me. I wasn't as excited about this announcement because I've been let down, not let down. I mean, we're still waiting on Ava DuVernay's New Gods. We're yeah. still waiting on Spielberg's Black Hawks. We've heard so many projects in the pipelines these past three, four years. I want them to come out with this and go, okay, we here's our gun, but we've also got a few bullets in the chamber and we're going to fire those off. Here's a script. Here's a director attached. Here's an actor attached. These are the dates. Give us something more than we've got six films and two of this, two of that. Like I, I need, I, I wish they had a little more like meat to this. Uh, that That's when I'll get excited. And that's when I'll see what they're doing. Cause again, I don't know what they're doing. And I, I wish 
you know, and, and there's still people out there that are hoping for an MCU type franchise. I think that ship has sailed with mm. with being a film, film, film building to a giant film, 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 film building to a giant film. I think that's gone. But, but do I you think, think Bacal Nelson, do you think giving too much too much meat, as you said, yeah. like announcing this big plan, that's kind of what bit them in the ass in the past is, you know, they they had released that gigantic calendar of when all, all they had attached come out. Were, all they had attached were names of films. Right. They didn't have any creatives really. But they did have They were putting stakes in the ground. When, oh, sure. I mean, that, that didn't work. So. Well, sure. I mean, that, you look at both sides. I mean, remember when Marvel did, you know, they announced uh, Inhumans and all those films. It, things change, I think. Yeah, I, I, I've learned. I, they didn't do that. So they, maybe they learned their lesson with that. I just wish we had some idea. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I, I guess my thing is I'll get excited when I start hearing names attached. Like when, I mean, Peacemaker, look how fast that went. It announced, and like two weeks later, he was casting, and now they're getting ready to shoot, or they are shooting in in Canada. Yeah. That got announced fast and moved fast. So, um, I think the ideas of the different Earths works really well. Yeah. But I think there's there are some people out there that are having problems with two different Batman. Uh, I just think people will show up if it's a good product. They'll show up, and I don't think they'll care where it is or where it's not. I think general. Yeah. You got to think in our little bubble. We I want the connectivity, and I need to know who's from this Earth and who's this. My parents that go to the movie, they just go and see Joker. You know, yeah. they don't know that it connects to Wonder Woman eighty four. They don't. You know, need it. There's so many fan. There's so many people out in this world that don't care that it doesn't connect, and and they are subscribers as well to HBO and HBO Max, and they're film goers. So, you know, we are as, as big as we are. It's also a small niche as far as the nerddom and this interconnectivity, and it's all got to you know. That's right. Yeah, it's true what you say, Mike, and that's a thousand percent right. There are people who are out there who are not like going, oh, what's the canon? What's canon? What's not canon? How does this all connect? There are people who just and it's like it says it in the article. One of the box office analysts is interviewed and he says, if people if it's good product, people will come. That's all that matters. Will you have the occasional one that will underperform? Probably. That's probably that's always the way. But if people if it's good, solid films It'll get the love from the critics. It'll get the love from the fans yeah. to a degree, and that's going to keep it going. And I think this is what they're – I think it was Hamada's doing. He's like, we got to put our balls on the line like Jerry Maguire. and let him fly out there and see what happens. And I feel <laughs> like that's what Hamada's doing. He's putting the balls out there and saying, <laughs> we've got a new way of doing things. This is – I'm finally – like the reins are finally being taken off of me. I've proved what I can do over the last two years. Now, finally, I can put this plan in place. We're a bit more streamlined with AT&T in charge of us, and we're now going in the same direction. And some people might say it's a bit – they're going a bit marvelly by interconnecting. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, is it good? That's all that yeah. matters at the end of the day. And, yeah. Good. I think he's proven in, in his short time with him, he's letting the filmmakers make their movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like with The Flash finally has got directors on board that are staying with the project and going forward. I mean, Flash yeah, was like a revolving door for so yeah. long. And it just seemed – M, uh, oh god, what was the last name before uh, Hamada. Oh god, the guy got fired oh, because he yeah. was with the woman and all that. Like, yeah, he yeah, seemed yeah. to like have his hands in everything, right? Uh, <laughs> was it Sujihara? Yeah, so it just seemed like they were trying, and now Hamada's like, we're letting filmmakers make their films and make yeah. their projects. I mean, you talk about James Gunn, he. Everything he says about Suicide Squad was it, it was his most favorite experience making movie of his entire career. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's you know. So I, I'm excited for that film. I'm really excited. I'm excited for Peacemaker. 
because it seems like he's got the passion behind it and his cast is passionate. And I'm like, that's all I want. I want filmmakers yeah. and, and the cast and crew to be celebrating their work because that gets me excited for it. So yeah. all right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see when the announcements and you're right. When the announcements start coming down yeah. of who's involved with what, that's when we can start actually really getting excited exactly. and looking forward to it. Uh, but uh, Kalinowski, I think you got our next one about yeah, somebody who probably won't be in the universe. Here it in segues the right into it. So uh, a little kind of backstory, as you guys have known, the whole Justice League, Justice League, whatever you want to call it, this um, for months now, Ray Fisher has been uh, um, taking the charge on and the allegations of that, that there was just not a conductive work environment on the set of Justice League. Mm -hmm. And it came out through tweets of his and, and back and forth. And yet, you know, he was always like, it is going to come. I can't say, I can't say. So a lot of people are taking that as like, well, he's, he's saying accusations, but he's not giving proof, but also they were under NDAs and stuff like that. And yeah. then slowly other cast members were coming to his defense. Uh, then WB kind of said, well, it's a corporation. It's not just a film. It's a corporation that has HR departments and there's got to be investigations. And then it went even further saying, no, we want a third party investigator. We don't want the company's HR yeah. dealing with this. And that went forward. And then I think it was a couple of weeks ago where, there were uh the investigation was concluded it seemed like it seemed like parties on all sides were fine like mm -hmm. the, the the outcome has happened um we've seen joss whedon over the past several months being released off of every project he's been on from yeah creative differences or stepping away to work on like it was a domino effect and you saw that and and it's like okay who if this is part of that i don't know but it just and then recently gal gadot came out saying her experiences with him were not the greatest Hmm. Uh, and that is that was what I had heard some early stuff on with she had issues and he had issues with the, the she had issues with the way he was treating Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. They were filming this. Remember, Wonder Woman had just come out yeah. in this huge success. So there were some, I guess, and I took that as well. Maybe she has ideas of the character. He has the ideas and they're not gelling. And you're a director, you're an actor where you got to find that common ground. Yeah. Uh, but it kept going more. But then he tweeted out, I'm going to pull up the exact tweet. Uh, it was very interesting. He said, Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of enabler. Mm -hmm. He lies, and WB's PR's, PR's failed September 4th hit piece sought to undermine the very real issues of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with him. Accountability over, what's the E stand for? Uh, Entertainment. 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 Yeah. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a and <laughs> and and to, to it's so Shannon, you might see this too because you see it as an actor. He Just League was his big thing, you know. Mm -hmm. He got a few projects after that. He was on True Detective. Uh, I had a chance to meet him and interview him on DC Movie News, and just such a humble guy. He didn't seem like a Hollywood actor. He was, you know, theater background. Uh it, it seems a lot like what Boyega was going with, you know, in, in his call to action. Right. Um his seems like a little more boy was much more across the board as far as representation where where he was uh um fisher's speaking very personally from the set of justice league and the other crew members that were affected by this uh, and he's going out on a limb you know he's is in hamada said some comments that are kind of like yeah we're not gonna be working with ray fisher anymore and ray's like i'm not gonna be working with you anymore uh yeah i i it's a it's so touchy because a lot of and it, it sucks because they see so much of the internet it's like well you were the worst. You were the no one wanted a cyborg movie anyway, so no big loss. And I'm like, that's a huge misstep right there. Yep. If, you, if you think that he was great in the movie, yeah. Uh, and now to see what he's going to be in, and and it's what I love is Snyder's talk so much about Ray Fisher all through the filming of this. He loved Ray Fisher, and, and he'd said Cyborg is the heart of the Justice League. He is the heart, and we saw a little bit of that in the Snyder's uh, in the Whedon cut. Yep. Like was this heart of this team, and now to see what 
you know, you see, wow, what wasn't in this film, all the stuff with his family, his mom, his dad, uh, you're like, oh my gosh, and maybe we're going to get the true story in this four hour film. Hmm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts guys? I'm very, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's so Tricky. of the, of the justice league members, Ray Fisher was the unknown. Yeah. And anytime an unknown is cast, there is a reason. I mean, and now, now he's, that's not to say he was, a, he was a rookie. Like this was a theater guy who had gotten some accolades for some, for, for some of his performances. But the fact that Zack Snyder did, he chose this guy yeah. and he built the story kind of around the heart of this particular character. So that means he had a lot of faith in what this guy could bring to the table. Uh, and it sounds like we're going to see more of what he brought in the Snyder cut. Um, in terms of what, like we, we still, no one has gone on record to say what actually happened. Right. We've heard, we've heard rumors here and there, sure. but we've never actually, nobody knows what the real score is here. No. As an actor, the investigation concluded, then it came out, Ray Fisher comes out with this tweet that I'm not going to work. I, I won't be associated with anything that Walter Hamada does. Now, he was an enabler. I'm like, yeah. Is that because you were not happy with the results of the investigation? Like, I'm curious what the what the end game is for a move like that, because at this point, the public, for it seems, is moving on from this. Yeah. And for you to kind of restart that fire. I, I'm, I'm curious what his motivation is behind it. Now, we've heard rumors that he was approached to uh, play the role again in the flash in a much right. smaller capacity. And that that may have not may have not sat well with him and his team. I, I don't know, man. I mean, everything that I've heard from people who have met him, including you, Kalinowski, is this sounds like a good guy. He is. Yeah. You can't really doubt his work. I mean, I saw true detective season three and he didn't have a gigantic part, but he certainly went in and did a good job. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we will ever find out the real story of what right. happened. Probably right. not. Well, and I uh, think that's that's what it comes down to, right? We haven't heard him tell us point by point, detail by detail, what actually happened on the set. And I don't know if it's an NDA situation. I don't know if yeah. it's a legal situation. I don't know what the situation is. But I'm looking at this, and I'm uh, I'm applauding him at this point from where I'm at, right? Because it's not an easy thing to do to be your first no, gig out. You're an African-American actor, you're a black actor, you don't, and you're out there challenging the system, right? What Boyega yeah. did was talking about representation across the board, right? What what And people rallied around him and creators of yeah. color were like, you're never going to be unemployed. We will absolutely put you right. in But there isn't that same call for Ray Fisher. Yeah, Momoa has stood by him. Other people have stood by him. It's because Fisher is talking about something specifically that he experienced on a specific set with specific people. So because right. that is more of a smaller case, I don't think you're seeing as, as much of a groundswell of support for him. That being said, he was cast in the new ABC miniseries coming out later next year. Yeah. That Jay-Z co-produced and, and was a part of as well. So he is, I think he's going to find himself work. I think he's going to be fine. A lot oh. of people are worried about this, but it's like, as we've seen, all these studios and production companies, they want to elevate people of color now. All of a sudden, they realize people of color are talented as well. And because of the BLM movement, all that, they're all of a sudden elevating people of color into positions of power as executives, creators, show producers, what have you, showrunners, rather, producers, what have you. So I think Boyega is going to be fine. 
Uh, but yeah. I think he wants to keep banging the drum here because a lot of people don't. And he wants to kind of be an activist at the yeah. same time as he does his work. So I don't mind that. And yeah, there are in this. Once again, it could just be his own personal experience. They treated him in a certain way. He saw it in this light. This is his prism and his spectrum that he's seeing it through. And so he sees Hamada as an enabler because Hamada hasn't done much, in his opinion, possibly to kind of bring the people to justice. Taking people off something yeah. is fine, but not verbally coming out and saying, we never want to work with Jeff Johns again or Jeff Whedon or anybody like right. that. That's where he feels he's being uh, a bit uh, uh he's getting the short shrift a little bit maybe, in this situation yeah may, and maybe he's seeing it as in hey you're a fellow person of color you, yeah. you you've coming up in this system why are you not why is this not, and maybe hamada's like hey dude i get it but this is the bigger picture too right. i am not just me um yeah it, like you said we will never know what happened right we might know like little things we'll see the snyder cut and go oh wow you your film and your role completely changed yeah and, and and whatnot um yeah it's interesting because jeff johns is getting a lot of flack for wonder woman 84 a lot of blame is falling on him for this or the fans i say the fandom is going after him because right, right. he's had such a uh, people really blame him and especially and there's a small group of the internet vocal the snyder group and and i am a fan of snyder's work but i don't really purport myself to be this snyder cut and no nothing else in the dcu Right. Um, they think that jo Jeff Johns is kind of like the antichrist as far as what had happened and what happened. And I was like, he's a writer and say what you will about him and say his work in the comic industry for the past 20 years is some of the greatest comic book stories of all time. I agree. So I it don't just, know him personally. And I don't know what just hasn't translated. Right. And, right. That, and, and, and that, that could be some wise. Why we always hear like the biggest thing you always hear is like, why aren't these guys that are wrote Batman, the animated series, why aren't they writing a Batman movie? Well, maybe it's two different things. You know, maybe yeah. writing comics and writing screenplay is a very, it is a very different thing. And, mm -hmm. and maybe there's a transition that's not working or I don't know. Um, oh, absolutely. J.K. Rowling writing screenplays for the Fantastic Beast yeah. movies. Those are not turning Ooh. out well. Yeah, look, yeah there you go. It's, it's everything is levels, isn't it? Uh, just because you play well in college doesn't mean you're going to play well in the pros. There you go. Everything is levels, right? You just don't know. And so, yeah, the same thing. But there's probably a smaller comic book writer that's come in and kicked ass writing screenplays. Right. And that's just, you just don't know who has the to do certain things and who yeah. doesn't based on previous uh success you take a chance and because yeah. they've got a good track record but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to positive so, reactions yeah, yeah and i think i think the um johnson's getting a lot of flack because he is also part of this uh not necessarily the wonder woman but people feel is the failing of the script but he's also attached to whedon and justice yeah. league and what happened with that so it's and, and a lot of ray fisher's allegations were against him and, and yep so I don't know if I don't know if Hamada's singing Jeff Johns is kind of like their golden goose with DC and he doesn't want to upset that apple cart. Right. We don't know. We can't yeah. speak. And and, well, and also Hamada is the president of a division of a studio right. that is that it that it belongs to a gigantic corporation. That's the thing. So so how much can he actually do? I don't know. But as to what you had said earlier, Kalinowski, to call him an enabler of the worst kind. I mean, that's a very specific, that's critique. a strong and yeah, specific and, critique. And I'll say this because as a person of color, I'll say this one segment of the population's experience is not the same across the board. You know, yeah. uh, people say all the time, black people are not a monolith. That's for sure. 
People of color are not a monolith either. So the Asian experience is different from the uh, black experience, from the Latino experience, from the whoever you want to put in the minority. The women, female experience is different from the male experience. Like there's all kind, and then subsection of women, black women and Latino women, all the Asian women, it's all different. And we all experience what we experience uh, through our own experiences and our, and our prisms and yeah. what we have come to see with our own eyes and what we've come to experience. You know, a lot of the Latinos, I saw this, I was reading about it the other day, like people are upset about how many Latinos voted for Trump. And I'm not getting political, but just saying oh. like, because they don't see themselves as victims of a country that treats minorities badly. That's the thing about a lot of Latino people coming over into this country. They don't see it the same way that black people do because black people were taken and brought to this country and put in chains. There's a difference. So the experiences are going to be different. As we expand this idea of minorities and wanting minorities to be represented, we've also got to expand our perception of what is racism and what isn't, what is purposeful racism and what is unconscious racism, what is what it, and other people need to be aware as well. You can no longer hide, in my opinion, behind, oh, I didn't know, or oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking about it, or I'm unconscious about it. No, it's your job now in this environment, in this climate, to do the research, do the studying, and understand the optics of what you're doing. That's important as well on both sides, on both sides. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's uh, move on to our next, and we'll see what happens with Ray. I mean, I'd I'd love to see him back. I wanted to I, see a uh, yeah. Cyborg well, movie, dude. Yeah. Actually, we I don't know where it would fall between the two stories of Shannon and I, but Kamada's comment about the Snyder cut is a callback, oh, yeah. and people took that as a negative. I was like, I don't think so. I think we knew going in. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And there are this narrative now that they want to build on the Snyderverse, and there's this now this re-bring back the Snyderverse, this big yeah, yeah. push that's happening. I'm like, uh, that ain't happening. Yeah. Snyder himself, I think, is done after this, and he's moving on. I think it's it. But I don't think Hamada's take, I don't think that was a negative. I think he is, maybe his wording was bad, but it's like, this yeah. is this this is the cap, the end of what Snyder was doing. We're not getting his five-film arc. Right. We're getting this. That's the cul-de-sac of a round. But when I hear the cul-de-sac, it's like, yeah, but you go around and you still come back out. <laughs> I think it was a bad analogy. It's a very friendly cul-de-sac is a very friendly term. It's not it is. It's, it's, you go in, you go in, you're like, oh, look at all the cool houses. And I come back out and I leave again. It's it's not the Snyder cut is a wall of storytelling. <laughs> or a dead or end. Dead end. Yeah, a dead end. It's not a dead end. It's a cul-de-sac. It's a cul-de-sac. <laughs> come, we're gonna go yeah. around, see all the pretty things, we're gonna come back out. Right. And 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 because if you're doing the multiverse stuff, it can still exist in some I mean, form, yeah. but it doesn't have to be the main canon. Go down the cul-de-sac, go down the cul-de-sac. Again. Season two, five cul-de-sac. Christmas time, you drive lights and you go through a cul-de-sac. It's wonderful. It's like a Christmas circle. Hey, I wonder what it looks like at Halloween. Let's go back to the cul-de-sac. Yeah. I wonder if Henry Cavill is there finally. Uh, we'll see. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And of course, look, I, I love Ray Fisher as an actor and I, yeah. I appreciate what he's doing. I think all three of us kind of, you know, send I think, our support and see what and he I does. Think, like you said, yeah. like John Boyega, I think he will absolutely work. Of yeah. course, Snyder's always going to cast him in anything he ever does. Right. Good point. He will work. Maybe he might, he might not work for Warner Brothers again. But there's plenty of other studios and avenues out there, so he will keep right. working. And and I think he'll build. Now. I think he's got respect of filmmakers that maybe not don't want to say anything. They're like, I can't. Uh, I work for Warner Brothers. I don't want to say that. But yeah, you know, you can't not respect him. And if nothing else, it heightens the awareness. Hopefully, if people yeah. are upset about accountability, yeah. that matters about accountability. Absolutely. So you, know, you don't want to get yelled at by Tom Cruise. Uh, all right, no, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our last story here before we get into our main topic. Uh, and that is, if you can believe this, talk about a cul-de-sac. I thought we'd hit a dead end here on the Lethal Weapon franchise series. 
But no, apparently we have been in a cul-de-sac the whole time because we are getting a lethal weapon five. Somehow we took a wrong turn and we're back into this cul-de-sac and seeing these characters all over again. Martin Riggs is beyond retired. And so is Danny Glover's character as well. But apparently they're coming back in uh, Murtaugh is coming back and so is Riggs and with Richard Donner directing in a lethal weapon five. In my opinion, look, Lethal Weapon 4 was barely palatable as it was. Uh, we had to believe that Mel Gibson could actually go toe-to-toe with Jet Li, which was ridiculous. But now <laughs> we go into the situation with Lethal Weapon 5, and these gentlemen are beyond too old. There was already memes all over the place. Lethal, about Weapon, 4 was, yeah, Lethal Weapon 4 was 22 years ago. 22? 22 years ago. No, it's a lifetime. I'm still, you know, I still will see the occasional Mel Gibson movie. It's a much to my shame. I go, I'm go, i going to see Fat Man at some point, like much to my shame. But this yeah. thing is just beyond beyond the realm. And I don't understand. This is pushing the boundaries of like, what is palatable? Are they going to de-age them? I, I don't know what story there is. To tell. Is Rene Russo coming back as well? What story is there to tell here? We even already had a spinoff series that yeah. had its own troubles. So why are we opening this Pandora's box again? Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, the series was a it was a it was a reboot remake. It wasn't it wasn't because right. it was actually Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, and fair. and unfortunately, because the first two seasons of that show were actually pretty good. That's what um, I hear. It was yeah. it was a surprising network procedural that was pretty fun. And then you hear about some of the behavior by <laughs> the main lead. I don't remember his name, but the guy who played. Uh, Riggs, Chance Crawford, Chance Crawford, no, Chance Crawford, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of Lethal Weapon 5, Richard Donner is 90 years old. Yeah, <laughs> now that's not to say that he couldn't still direct a movie. No, uh, let's see, Mel Gibson is mid 60s, and I want to say Danny Glover is mid 70s. Yeah, uh, back in 2008, I did an episode of My Name is Earl with Danny Glover. Oh, yeah. and he was a he was awesome, he was everything you wanted from meeting a, a, a star from your childhood. And he was old 12 years ago. I mean, so the idea that they're going to bring these two guys back. Now, I do think they did say that the movie was going to be about them being old men. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the story is there. There could be a story there. I just don't know what it is. But the idea that you have your leads in their mid-60s and mid-70s directed by a guy who is maybe going to be 91 yeah. <laughs> by the time it comes out. I, I just, I, I don't know what it is. And at this yeah. point, Mel Gibson, they've tried a couple of times. Like he's, he's, he's popped up in a few decent sized mm-hmm. projects, but the sun, the sun may have set on him right. for the public. Like some people just don't want, don't want to get past what he did. Yeah. And if, and, and, as, right. as, so. and as a consumer, that is 100% your choice, and yeah, that is your right. Yeah, and yeah. no one has any, like, Mel Gibson has no one to blame except himself. Yeah, right. um, but, yeah, I mean, if if this movie actually happens, like, we'll we'll see. Because they've talked about Lethal Weapon 5 a few times over 23 years. Yeah. Um, if it actually happens, would I see it? We'll find out after the first trailer. <laughs> what do you think, Kellen? Yeah, oh, God, guys. I, I, I recently <laughs> watched I watched Lethal Weapon every holiday. Uh yeah. a great Christmas movie. Like it just so such a good movie. But I mean, even in that movie, that's what 87. 87. Like D- Danny Glover was moving rough back then. <laughs> like, and and I I realized this. He was like 40 years old in that movie. Yes, he was. I was like, I'm seven years older than him, or six years older than him. How is that possible? Like, how do you it doesn't it didn't register? I was like, how is he 40? 
you would think he's just so much older in that film, but he was moving rough in that film, you know. Um, why are they why? Like, and yeah. I, me, I'm the biggest Indiana Jones fan in the world. I'm like, why are they making that new one? Why are we making another one of those? And it's not an age, it is an age thing, but like, I mean, look at Mel Gibson in Expendables 3. That was only four or five years ago. Guy yeah. looked great. He looked, Guy looked great. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Liam Neeson and his taken kind of rebirth of, you know, mid 60s action guy. I love those films. Right, right. So it's, it, Mel Gibson, I think, could probably pull off the action. He looks great. Um, I, I just, I'm kind of like, why are we doing this? Uh, well, like, I think that's the point. Well, what's the story going to be? Yeah. Because right? I, mean, like, I mean, we saw in what Lethal Weapon 2, right? Or was it Lethal Weapon 3, who was the villain that was connected to. The guys there, like all of that. And we saw it in Die Hard as well. That you yeah. the brother come back in three yeah. of Hans Gruber. So is this like someone related to some villain they fought off before? Like someone's great. Gary Busey Oh no, Gary Busey Busey, Yeah, right. True. Yeah, maybe Gary Busey had back? a listen affair. And then that son is not, you know, like Jake Busey's son. Jake Busey comes back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But to me, and what is Pesci doing? Is he coming back as uh, Seymour Getz or oh. whatever we get, whatever his damn name is? Uh, and it's oh, Chris, no. Chris Rock's Chris Rock coming back as well. I think someone was saying Chris Rock would be kind of like the main guy. Yeah, and, see, that's a different yeah. situation. You might be yeah. able to get away with that because I kind of enjoyed Chris Rock in the last season of uh, Fargo. Uh, the season, yeah. itself, maybe not the greatest, but I liked him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think yeah. that, I think the Chris Rock uh, idea, that was from an iteration or two ago. I mean, okay. Oh, okay. There, there was no, there was, there's been no mention of Chris Rock that, that I saw. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, mm. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure nine years old with your daughter making a film is a, is a process. And, and you know, if he wants to do it, I, yeah. I'm just like, where is the, this to me seems like they'll make it and it'll go to streaming. Like that seems like yeah. what would happen. I, 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 I don't I, know, man. I just love the obliviousness of his, well, not obliviousness, but the cheekiness of his comment here to the Telegraph. He said, quote, this is the final one. Oh, really? Oh, is it? It's both my privilege and duty to put it to bed. It's exciting, actually. It's the last one. I'll promise you that. It's the last one. You're 90 years old. It better damn well be the last one. Is no he? One. He's directed all of them, hasn't he? Yes, I think he has. Yeah. 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 Have okay. you guys seen um, the Josh Gad, the reunited apart where he gets the casts? No. Oh, so it's, it's, it, you know, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, but those are great. yeah. I mean, it's something he's been doing during the quarantine where he gets back casts of old, of old, of old films. And, you know, they just have, they have a fun catch up session. Oh, was that the jingle all, not jingle all the way, kindergarten cop? Is that with his, that, was, the, that there? was Yahoo. That was Yahoo. Yeah, so that okay. was, they're all doing this, but just, gotcha. just Gad's got one himself gotcha. too. Yeah, go ahead. But he did, he did the Goonies and, oh. and, Richard Donner on there. He, I mean, clearly not a not good with technology, or at least, or oh, at no. least his internet room <laughs> wasn't working that day. But yeah. it just seemed like, oh boy, he's he's gotten so, oh, he's gotten so old. Right, right. So, right. yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's so funny. Not funny. Talk about that. Like sometimes filmmakers or actors, they disappear for a while, and then you see them, and you're just like, oh wow. Like I remember Connery, his last picture. I was like, oh wow, because we mm. hadn't seen him since League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was kind of in his own little world retired. And he saw him, I was like, he did what we all do. We get old, but you don't yeah. see someone. We see each other every single day. So as we age, it doesn't really matter, but you don't see yeah. someone for 20 years. I don't remember the last time I saw Donner probably doing interviews for lethal weapon four. Yeah. So when I see him now, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It's life. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I mean, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, you got to make that story work. Cause I mean, if you're going to reawaken 
the love that people still have for Riggs and Murtaugh and kind of, I mean, the four was already pushing the boundary. So I'll, if you push five off the edge, I don't know what you're going to do. John, I'll, I'll pull a little schmo down in here. And if they Please. can, if they can quote the tagline of that film, the magic is back, <laughs> you know, for a fifth one, if they get the magic back champ, I'll be on board. Cause their chemistry okay. is just, their chemistry is just awesome. Undoubted. Even, Undoubted. In, the, even in four, the, Ups and downs of four. Yeah, yeah. God, I remember that ridiculous fight underneath the pier, the two of them versus Jet Li. And you're just like, <laughs> and Jet Li's an old guy too. Yeah. But Jet Li well, is just like, you don't fight Jet Li. The chemistry with them. that is yeah. just phenomenal. Maybe that's maybe that's the tag for Indiana Jones. I'm like, what's the point of bringing him back with Lethal Weapon? I'm like, you get these two guys back with the chemistry. Maybe that's what it is. And this is Maybe. not a bad boys for life situation. Those guys were still oh, believable at their age to be a part of this thing. Yes. And it's about Martin Lawrence retiring and not wanting to do it anymore, good. which they made it a good part of the story. Yeah. This will probably be <laughs> Riggs. I mean, did, wasn't Riggs trying to kill himself for the first time? In a trailer. I mean, is, he I, yeah, in the, is he still in the tra well, no, he's in probably, trailer? He's with Renee, Lo Renee Russo. They, they should be together still. Does Patsy Kensett show up as a force ghost? Like, what do we got here? I, <laughs> I don't know what we got here. But I'm just like, I'm putting it out there. Uh, you know, and what? remember, it's very, it's every one of these films had a social issue bent to them. So yeah. what would be five social issue will it be me too will it be blm what will it be but oh, you, you, I, don't, I don't know you if we bet. need mel gibson and that type of movie. yeah oh. fair point <laughs> the irony bring, bring the south africans back but you you're black you're right he is you are it's like i am free south africa you dumb son of a that's the best scene in that movie that is Would the best be? scene in that movie yeah well, oh. uh, it would be something maybe it's a i don't know i don't want to say it i don't want to get in trouble anyway we'll see what yeah. happens for sure, but oh, uh, Mel, Gibson. Be a fun oh Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, you watch his stuff in the 80s and you're like, My god, you were the best, yeah. the classic, good looking leading man. So funny, but he could do action, he was yep. everything. And then it just went to, oh, I oh. just rewatched the first two Road Warrior films after the oh, so toe cutter good. died. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like him, uh, Hugh Burns Keen Keys, yeah. I think when he died, I was like, Oh, I gotta watch these again. It's been so long, and he's so fucking good in them, Mel man. Gibson's so uh, Gibson. good. So you're just like, ah, you nut. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, break, and then we'll get into our main topic, which is uh, the Wonder Woman 1984 news that has dropped uh, and everything that's surrounded it. And we'll be uh, right back after this. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> all the world's waiting for you and the power you possess in your satin tights, <laughs> fighting for your rights and the old red, white, and blue. <laughs> That's good. That's very that's, good. That's all I know. I don't know the rest. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty damn good, buddy. I was impressed. Yeah, top impressive. Respect it. Respect it. Well, as Shannon just previewed for us, we are going to get into uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and all the things that have been surrounding this film since it came out. It feels like ages ago, yet it feels like yesterday. It's yeah, a really strange, the way life is going nowadays. Something consumes you for a day or two, and then you kind of move on to the next thing to consume you. Uh, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of controversy around this movie. Certainly, a lot of people like our guest here defended it, loved it, got retweeted by Patty Jenkins for his love of it, which is a pretty awesome uh, thing for you to get, uh, Kalinowski, but also there were some people yeah. with the movie and were very angry about the movie, and some of the responses have been negative as well, but Warner Brothers now has fast-tracked Wonder Woman 3 to go into production quickly, having their, quote, Wonder Women come back in Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins to be a part of this. Uh, so, Kalinowski, I'll get your thoughts yeah, on this first. I mean, the controversy probably wasn't a surprise for you dc movie no surprise well, but oh okay or maybe it was i'm sorry I'll say it, it caught me off guard it yeah, really please, did please. because um 
you know, the, the, the couple hundred people that saw it three weeks before had rave reviews about it or, or their thoughts. So I went into this, like, well, they did it again. One one did it again. I mean, and, and now the thing with streaming, where we all saw it the same day, social media is active. You can retweet and comment an hour after, yep. minutes after you see it. It surprised the hell out of me. It, it was a typical DC film where it was divisive instead of being like a, a Shazam or a Wonder the first one where everyone seemed on board with it. That caught me yeah. off guard. It really did. So um, teach their own. Hey, like I said, you'll love what you love. You don't love it. You don't love it. You know, it's not a perfect film and by any means in my mind either. It's not in my top three DC films probably. I'm still not sure where it is. Uh, but yeah, so, but it was very interesting. I was like, oh, okay, well. And I don't know. There's a lot of different factors involved. There's no, we're not in theaters seeing this. We're streaming. Did that play a part? Are, are yeah. people, we haven't had a big blockbuster. I mean, Tenant, I, I know people want to use that as kind of like the uh, version, but I, I, I don't think you can use Tenant. That was oh. like, Tenant is not a DC film or Marvel film. It's not, doesn't get the droves in. It was still this up nebulous thing. Like Shannon, we saw what a month after it was released and yep. there was this whole kind of like piecemeal rollout with it. So this was kind of like the first big blockbuster to that we all had access to and we yep. all knew where we were going to see it. Tenant, you were still like, should I wait a week? Is it going to be moved again? I don't know. This is like, so we haven't had months of debate and months of yeah. film. So I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But to come out the next day saying, hey, we're going straight with 113. You're both back in. And a huge thing, which I noticed, was theatrically. Yeah. Because if you watch Patty Jenkins' comments, I remember her tweet the day that Warner Brothers announced it. It was a very much like, I read between the lines and was like, oh, she's not happy. Because Gal Gadot was like, happy, love, see our movie on Christmas. We're going to love you. Hers was, please see this film in the best theatrical experience cinematic possible <laughs> and enjoy. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, because she has been, that movie was supposed to come out a year ago. Yeah. You know, and it kept getting pushed back and, and, and now to get, you know, her uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which will be theatrically. Mm -hmm. And they made a point to say this is one woman three will be theatrically. And, and I think it was a double edged thing kind of going because the whole thing with Denise. Uh, am I saying Denise uh, or is Denny it Villeneuve? Denny Villeneuve, where he was like, he's furious. Yes, with he Dune. Furious. And I wonder if this is kind of like, hey, look over here. Yes. We did the streaming with one woman, but we are still honoring theatrical. It's going to go theatrical. Your film is coming up. It seemed like like we've already secured our filmmakers for theatrical release. It's so, yeah. I mean, it's exciting that they're, you know, it's a she, you know, Patty Jenkins has said she's got two more stories to tell. Whether you love this movie or not, or hate this or not, I, I there are some people that are kind of going off on Patty Jenkins and like, oh, is Star Wars going to pull her film now? And it's like, yeah. no, she's a phenomenal filmmaker. The story just didn't, you know. Maybe the story needed some work. People had issues with the story. They're not complaining about the actress. They're not complaining about certain things. Like Patty Jenkins is a filmmaker that's a great filmmaker. This is mm -hmm. not, you know, maybe it's a sophomore slump with the character. Who knows? Yeah. But they're not pulling her Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, well, you and, look at this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, no. I, please, let's talk. Oh, yeah. Well, you look at this thing, Shannon. It, it made, what, $16.7 from 2,100 North American theaters, made $85 million overseas. The uh, film was the best opening weekend domestically to date in the coronavirus era. Uh, in terms of HBO Max viewers, the studio said nearly half of the platform's retail subscribers watch the film. And HBO Max, which launched in May, has 12.6 million active users as of early December. Uh, uh, Andy Forsell, head of Warner Media's direct consumer business, said Wonder Woman 1984 broke records and exceeded our expectations across all of our key viewing and subscriber metrics in the first 24 hours of the service. And the interest and momentum we're seeing indicates this will likely continue 
well beyond the weekend. Uh, also talked about giving a nice option to families to enjoy this movie. So, yeah. Shana, yeah, I mean, like you look at this thing and they did kind of, you know, and Patty Jenkins will get some of her comments. She's kind of been on Mark Marin. She was on this mass yeah. call with journalists. She had some conversations and thoughts about both of these Wonder Woman movies that we'll get to in just a second. But Shannon, initial reaction to all the controversy around it and then the, the, the quick the speed with which they announced a fast a, a Wonder Woman 3 movie being fast-tracked to come out uh, as quickly as possible. What's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, look, in the current environment, no film is going to set the box office on fire. I mean, uh, like, like we, the, our country has been hit particularly hard yep. by COVID, but it is still a global, a global event. It is sure. happening everywhere. Some countries are handling it extremely well, and some yep. are not. So yeah. the fact that it came out and made as much money as it has thus far, I mean, like it, it's, it's already going to beat Tenet. That's what it seems like. And yeah. they also said that in terms of streaming movies, like no one has watched anything more than Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul is right behind it. Yeah. Um, the fact that they greenlit the third one right away, I mean, it was surprising because I thought the vibe that we were getting from Patty Jenkins was she was not thrilled about the decision to go streaming. Yeah. Um, and she and she was kind of reevaluating things like, I don't yeah. know if I want to go down this road again. And then right. you had the announcement at yeah. the Disney Investor Day that she was directing Rogue Squadron. So the fact that it seems like they kind of had it ready to go, that's a little bit surprising. And in terms of an in terms of the audience, this movie is is landing for a lot of people. It yeah. didn't necessarily land with me and John, but it's it is landing with a lot of people. And just because this one did not turn out great for everybody that doesn't mean the character is suddenly without you know, value. Like they're going to, they're going to keep exploring this. They're going to keep working on this character. Like they see the value in Gal Gadot. They see the value in the character and the teaming of Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to finish this trilogy. And whether or not Gal Gadot remains with DC after that, we'll see. It's interesting you say that, Shannon, because we talked a little bit earlier about how these films aren't connected. So maybe that's a good thing where if this film doesn't land the next one, you're not coming behind the eight ball going, Oh, the story, like, like a rise of Skywalker where it's just like, these are connected. That one didn't do well. What's this one going to do? Does it got It's a, it, they're going to put it in current. They said it's modern day. Yeah. So it can completely go beyond the events of this film. And, mm -hmm. and if you didn't like it, you're going in fresh into this third one. And I think I hope, and I hope she's our one woman forever. Like this is our one woman until she decides she's not anymore. Like a, a, a Tony Stark, a Robert Downey Jr. I hope once Pat Jenkins leaves, or I don't hope when Pat Jenkins eventually leaves, Gal leaves with her. I think she's so good in the role. And that's one of the high points, especially for me in this film. She was so good in this role. She's really coming into, into her own as an actress. Mm. Um, I so performance wise. Yeah. No one can. can you were, you were a tough critic of her. You're a tough critic, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while I think this is probably the best she has done with the role, I yeah. still had some issues with some, with some moments, yeah. but I do think she, she keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. The only thing that universally people seem to agree on is like, was the script perfect? No. Yeah. Um, that's the no, issue. And that's what no. they throw it at Jeff Johns. Right. I mean, so they, they don't, I don't throw it at Patty Jenkins or a gal. They throw it at Jeff Johns. So I'm like, they like certain things and they want to, they want this character. Yeah. So I think, and you guys, John, you talk about this, like yeah. box office. Maybe this is a good thing where we're not finally like, a film's got to hit a billion or it's a disaster. Right. Right. And, and well, people said yeah. someone worked out this, a numbers person. They said, if given the numbers of theaters that are open, it's less than half percent 
over the entire world. It's 30, oh, yeah, yeah, less than half over the world. Yes, yeah, yes, over yes. the entire world. If all the theaters were open, this film was got, it would have done 250 to 300 million opening weekend, mm -hmm. judging from what we got to what's closed. And I was like, that's phenomenal. Now, would that have continued with the word of mouth dropping? Who knows? Right. You know, we, we always see those big drop-offs in the second weekend, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing at the end of the day, it's like, well, look, it did what it did. It's it's made it, it, you know, they're announcing what they felt about the movie financially, what they felt about the movie viewer wise, and they feel positive about it. I also yeah. think, look, this is a business, ladies and gentlemen. I say this a hundred, a thousand times. This is not stroke my hair and make me feel great about the world. <laughs> it's a fucking business. And they're about making the money. And they see here, I mean, potential uh, gold, uh, golden ticket here that they have with Wonder Woman. And some of the backlash to this movie has been pretty harsh and pretty hard. The smartest thing you can do is just fast track the next one. Yeah. Get these people back in place and go and get them to do it. Because then now you're focused on, okay, what's the third one going to be? You're no longer focused on 80, Wonder Woman 84 and letting it drag out and having these think pieces and extensive yeah. videos. You're like, okay, now what are they going to do here? And maybe, just maybe, Patty and Jeff Johns and whoever's going to be involved in this takes a little bit of a step back and goes, okay, let me hear some of the criticism. Maybe I'll pull out the constructive parts of this criticism and look at my script or look at the script and maybe apply some of that make some adjustments. Did we make too much of a tonal change from the first one to the mm. second one that maybe people weren't hundred percent ready for, especially the way they started the film, which fit very reminiscent to the first movie. Yeah. And Patty came out and said in that uh, round table interview with journalists that Warner brother wanted to cut that scene from the opening of the movie. Shocking. Uh, yeah. When, no, when, shocking. When, when I, yes, yes or no, because I, I think it maybe they knew Warner brothers. Like, this is the movie. This opening scene is not the movie. This mm. is the movie. Yeah. So maybe they felt like, look, let's just start here so people understand the kind of movie we're dealing with and not make such a shift three minutes into the movie. I don't know. But Caroline, I'll yeah. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about the Amazon sequence, right? At the beginning. Yes, 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 I yes, think yes. one, it's from a, a story standpoint, it sets the thing. You cannot cheat in life. You right. It sets the story. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But also, I, I think you talk about business. I think they're like, this is going to cost us $20 million. We're, we're going to location. We're doing CGI. Right. This is, this is, and it doesn't, and, and if you did take it out, it, it never ties back in except the storyline. We know the yeah. through line, but, and I think also a big part, they are still going forward with that Amazon show they're, they're about the Amazons. I think, yeah. I think we fell in love with those characters. You know, it was important. It, it needed, but I could see if you look at it just from a business, you're like, this is going to cost us X amount of dollars. Right. We never see these characters again. You're just reinforcing the lesson she learns in the film. Can we write a couple lines of dialogue or maybe have a flashback with her and her mother, just to a yeah. small scene with the two of them. Does it need to be this grand, you know, Ninja Warrior obstacle Amazons in their prime. Cause I mean, there was a lot in that scene. There was. It was, it was a big sequence. Like, and, and, that, and that was, I mean, aside from basically setting, setting the stage for the story to go forward. Right. I, I just love that sequence. I was like, yeah. this, is, this is, this, this, this connects us to the old movie. Like this, this is right, the bridge right. in between the first movie and the second movie. Now I heard they also had an issue with the fact that it basically had two opening sequences. You had this yeah. and you yeah. had the second one, which to me was, the mall sequence was ridiculous. That's, that's what that's what she said. They wanted to cut one or the other, like oh. either the Amazon scene or the mall scene, and she fought to keep them both in. So <laughs> I, and you could argue, was that the right decision? Because they're both totally so completely different. You wonder yeah. if, maybe if she had cut, as you said, Mike, if they had cut just to the mall sequence and then have her remember a moment and go back in time and have a scene with her and Connie Nielsen where they're talking about this as she's a young child, 
that could be something. But I think the urge to have Robin Reich again, alive again, playing that part, I think there was a desperate desire to have that. And so having those in, but maybe, maybe just maybe it wasn't the smartest decision in the long run. Who knows? But like certainly you could understand why Warner Brothers would want to cut one or the other. And and you also understand why Patty Jenkins, as the creator and director, would fight to have both of them stay in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like that, that of a scene that don't work, it's the mall scene for me, just because the acting from the bad guys seems like it's like, you're like, what film are you guys in? It's Joel Schumacher. It's Joel Schumacher. It's like like an episode. I I think she was going for. Uh, that uh, Superman the movie montage where yeah. he's going after the villains, you know, you know, the, he flew away like a bright blue bird. The cop and you know yeah. the, the guy with the, the hammer or the crowbar and Superman's head, like the over the top eighties <laughs> montage. But those actors for me in that scene were kind of like, I don't know what's going on here, guys. It, it was that particular scene, and I, and I know I've said this on episodes prior, but it was that particular scene that they showed us a clip yeah. at Comic-Con two years ago that I was like, ooh. Yeah, see, I didn't mind the sequence. I loved the way they showed her acting. I loved her with the little uh, African-American girl. Like, that mm. moment was so good. But it was the four actors, and again, they could have been directed that way. Yeah. They yeah. could have been directed that way. I don't I, know. That's, I, that's why I don't think it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. That's why I don't think if there's if there's blame to go around, it isn't just just Jeff Johns, right? I mean, no. Patty is the captain of the ship. She is the captain of the ship. She is in charge of the direction, the action, the acting. All, right. all of that is is her part of it. And uh, some of the some of the criticisms I think about how they handle some of the Middle East policies, how they handled some representation. I think they're fair. I think they're fair criticisms. But I also think some of them have been too harsh with the words that they used in approaching the criticism because most people aren't going to hear about it. If you go, you fucking, it's fucking garbage. No one's going to hear that. If you go, listen, here's how this is, was actually happening. Here's a way that you could have done it where it could have been. That's more constructive. And that's a more, I think that's a more open dialogue to have, you know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing at the end of the day. And also if this had been released in sort of a traditional theatrical window, COVID (laughs) never happened. The week it's this was a big summer or holiday release. Yeah, the, right. the week before people are talking about and or and possibly flipping out about one movie, Wonder Woman comes out. It has the response that it's going to get. Do I think it as is nearly as vitriolic as it has been? No, because yeah. the, the next week you're talking about something else. Like I like the shelf life is is much shorter for this type of criticism. Yeah. But yeah. also everyone is at home. Everyone yeah. is is streaming this movie, and everyone immediately goes to their computers to to uh, to let the world know about their very important opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also respect what she had to say about the uh, in, in this interview or in these uh, in this roundtable with journalists as well, where she was talking about how she almost didn't come back for the second movie. You know, she said, "quote I started to walk away. I was going to walk away. I even said I'd be happy to go to another studio and make a quarter as much because it's not a sequel on principle. No problem. I'm. Inter- it's interesting as someone who never made any profit in my career up until Wonder Woman that I was always at peace with it. I was like, hey, I get it. But now I was like, listen, I never made any money in my career because you always had the leverage and I didn't. Now the shoe is on the other foot, so it's time to turn the table. So she held their feet to the fire to get herself paid for this one. So." Hmm. This, I, I think that's a, a positive thing too. You know, whatever you feel about the movie, people wanting to take her off Rogue Squad. I think that's a, I think that's a oh, way God. extreme reaction because 
look, uh, so many people are allowed to do these movies and fail doing them or not get the overall response that they wanted, and they get to come back. David Yates has been shitting the bed on these Fantastic Beasts movies, and they're bringing him back again. So yeah. I mean, regardless of the script, there's also direction that's pretty terrible in some of these uh, Fantastic Beasts right. movies. So he's coming back. I mean, the Wachowski brothers shit the bed all over and they were brothers at the time i believe they shit the bed on reloaded came back for revolutions yeah they should have at the same time but you're still watching the dailies going what the fuck is happening here (laughs) going after the female director be like oh no we gotta take her off one we gotta take her off rogue squadron that is stupid stupid shit it's the same people who are also like wait lord miller why'd you take him off solo well which is it you want people taking off or not and so it's like this is the thing you have to kind of look at overall my head issues with the movie i'm not going to deny that we talked about it in our review that being said i in no way think she should be taken off this thing because she did that first movie that was incredible and so i yeah. hold out to hope that in the third movie she comes back with something that i will like so yeah i mean spielberg made 1941 yeah <laughs> I mean, and, and then i mean i don't know we i don't think we've ever talked about this movie yeah. but my my disdain for the adventures of tintin he also made uh, that movie which i yeah. i despised that movie well, look, look. bfg yeah bfg <laughs> but look we just we, uh, uh, just to let you guys know we're doing francis ford coppola for the next two months on the cinephiles and steve and i just had our discussion last night coppola once you leave the 70s you could argue he hasn't made a good uh, overall classic or good film since 1979. And yet when they heard that he was going to be re-editing Godfather 3, people fell all over themselves yeah. going crazy. So it's like, come on, two decades of shitty right. movies or not that great movies doesn't destroy the, then yeah. come on, you know, create space for Patty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, and there's a lot to be said about the fact that maybe a lot of this is because she's a woman director and men get so many chances so many chances over and over again uh but you know hey um it does land for a lot of people and, and she stands by her product and i, I yes, love that her cast stands by her and i cannot wait for rogue squadron i cannot yeah. wait for that film that's yeah. supposed to come out 2023 and i so. love the fact that she's a she's a, she's she's like she's kind of like this new guard i know she's been making films for decades but yeah. she's this new guard that's joining the old guard of protecting the cinema and, and, yeah. and wanting to do that and so I'm 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 all for that in the cinematic experience. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point, Mike. She's very much she's not changed her stance. No, from she's the like, I, I think I think it had a lot to play where the, if they were like, yeah, one one eighty four didn't do as well. We're going streaming with it. I don't think she might have come back. I think she's like, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. Oh, and also the way it's been received, maybe she walks into that uh, office and goes, "See, I fucking told you. If you release this theatrically, it yeah. wouldn't have people immediately reacting to this thing and trying yeah. to tear it down within an hour of it coming out." It's you know, be, that's a fair point to argue. What's, what's the next big WB release that's coming out streaming? It's not. Is it Converse? I, I know Mortal Kombat's in April, but I would not put that like to. to I want. It's supposed to come out in March. Because I, I would love to see if we get another one of these just vitriol, you know, uh, responses. Like, I'm very curious to see, is streaming going to change stuff? Like, I, I doubt it because people do not hold the the Kong Skull Island or the Godzilla movies in the esteem that they held that first Wonder Woman. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, we can't use Mortal Kombat because... Yeah, Mortal Kombat's <laughs> April 25 years ago was the first, the second, first. Right. So it's like Godzilla versus Kong is May 21st. But even May. that, you can't put that on there because nobody liked that last movie, or at least. So then what would be the next well. good Suicide Squad? Thus, it's August. Okay. Maybe August. that would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but hopefully we'll be back at theaters. Hopefully, gosh. 
Not the way they're rolling out back by then. Oh, crazy. I know. Befungled it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's even a word. I just read I somewhere like 100,000 vials of it just went bad just because they didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, ah. I like it. Hashtag How was it? Was it 50, 60 years ago? Polio? We vaccinated the entire New York within a week. Yeah, but this we week, how how is this possible? Guys? Marching against it. That's what. what are we doing? How can we not do this right? What's I just want to go back to the theater. I uh, sit with my popcorn and my diet soda and my refills. Please come on, guys. God, I was thinking that. I was thinking that this morning. I'm like, I would go see Tenet in the theater again, just so I could sit in the theater and have popcorn. Dude, I was thinking I about AMC popcorn the other day. Oh, I God. Like, oh. I, I mean, I had such a great reaction with Wonder Woman. The moment's hitting me. But yeah. to be with you guys in that theater oh, yeah. would have been so much better. It really would have been awesome. I know yeah. I would have had to look over at Vogel the whole time going <laughs> every five seconds. So maybe it's a good thing I didn't have him next to me. Maybe it's a good thing. Well, we'd have had a fun discussion afterwards. It would have been a fun That's night. Fun. It would have been a fun night. Not even recorded an impromptu Geek Buddies episode. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been fun. <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, let's let's uh, let's get on out of here. All uh, right. Let you all get back uh, with you, get going with your New Year's Day. Thank you so much for downloading this episode, whether you watch it on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast feed. If you do watch it on YouTube here on the Outlaw Nation Network, you can always listen to it as well uh, on the uh, Geek Buddies. They have their own separate feed, so just type in the Geek Buddies and you'll find it there. Uh, Mike Kalinowski, thank yes, you so much for taking the time, brother. Pleasure, gentlemen. Pleasure as always. Please tell us uh, where they can find you and everything. At Mike Kalinowski on Twitter, guys. Uh, like I had said earlier, on the SEN Network, we're starting the Sith Council. Myself, Christian Harloff, and Stephanie Sabra. Sabra, am I saying that? I always say her name wrong. She always gives me crap for that. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but as someone with my last name, hey, you gotta give me some slack. Uh, that's going to be coming in January. Uh, we don't we don't have an official date. It's going to be on Wednesdays, 9 a.m. That was announced on SEN. Wednesdays is the date for our show. The Sith Council coming in hot with all Star Wars stuff. That's where I'll be. Nice, nice. Uh, Shannon McClung, uh, what can we tell him, my man? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow the absent Mr. Vogel, it is at MKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, Roca, it is at the Roca says. Absolutely. And listen, please always give a like on this video. Leave a comment. We love reading your comments. We love, we'll text each other sometimes about your comments. You know, Mikey <laughs> loves to respond to all the comments that are positive about him. Even some that are positive <laughs> about him, which I appreciate about Michael. He's willing to get in the pit with anybody. And I love that. Uh, so, but he's always first to respond. So you will get a response or a like or some kind of a reaction from us if you leave a comment down below. And don't forget to hit that like button, as I just said, and subscribe to the channel down below. We're doing more and more content. We're walking into 2021. There are some plans to expand some more of the Geek Buddy stuff, Geek Buddy's brand. Walk in. Don't be running in right, guns walk blazing, in. boys. Walk yeah. into 2021. You know, we, don't, we don't need none of this. This is our year. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's let's tiptoe into 2021. Yeah, that's what happened to me in 2020. I got my ass kicked in the balls. <laughs> I think we're all like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so please, here we go. Let's not do that. Oh yeah, we're gonna walk in. Yo, walk in to uh, 2021. Yeah. Uh, see what what's there for us. And please take care of yourselves. Uh, practice social distancing. Wear wear that mask. Wear uh, that mask. And, and if you're recovering from a hangover, drink some water, fluids. <laughs> And order a nasty Pizza Hut pizza. That always helps me get over a hangover. Settles the stomach, just letting you know. Uh, and I think that's it from us. Uh, much love to you. And thanks so much in the in year 2020. 
for coming aboard the Geek Buddies train. We've expanded the people involved in the fandom of the Geek Buddies, and it's thanks to you all sharing it, you all putting it on social media, and you all telling people about the show. So please keep doing that, especially about this episode. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. Hey! Happy New Year! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.